There seems to be some kind of disturbance. I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Who are you people? I want a coffee! You, you, you are now to 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 Where love and life come together. together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Hey, welcome back. We're Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Thanks to our friends at My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group. We hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. June is officially here. So now we just get to count down to, you know, thinking about dads and you know, feet in the sand. We're, we're literally three weeks away from our vacation at the beach. I cannot wait. That is going to be wonderful. There's nothing more relaxing. And the beach, first thing in the morning, mm. when not that many people are out there and there's the seagulls and the sounds and the peace and the time you can spend in prayer. That's my favorite time at the beach. Yeah. And I also like to see the pool when it's like completely smooth before anybody jumps in it. Like there's something very (laughs) calming about that. I know that sounds dorky, but you know, you get the right playlist and coffee tastes better on vacation. Like like you're sitting on your patio or maybe you're on the beach, you know, I just, I can't wait. I told Tani, I said, I want to go somewhere that I can sit and do nothing but eat shrimp and get a tan. She's like, okay, let's go. So And the kids are excited. Their first experience. And that's what I love. This is their first time at the beach. So all the things, because that's where we were when I was a kid, is we were always at the beach, even into our teen years. I mean, I think probably up till senior year, we were at the beach every year, every summer. So I have all those memories of chasing sand crabs and, you know, building sand castles. And so all the things. So Ryan's at that age that he's going to want to dig. Mia's at that age that I got to keep her away from the boy because, you know, she's probably got a bikini that I have to approve. So there's, there's, there's a lot of moving dynamics within the seesaw of our beach vacation. Well, it's going to be wonderful. I know you'll love that. Looking forward to it. As we get into this week, though, a lot is in the news. Lots to catch up on. Yes, like miracles. I love to talk about miracles. I used to think when my pastor would mention miracles, yeah, right. You saw that because you're a pastor and that's how Mm -hmm. you got to witness a miracle. But it's always fun to talk about. They believe it has happened at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Connecticut. And they have sent all of the research and the evidence to the Vatican to see if they will say, yes, a genuine miracle took place. So what happened at the church? God is a multiplier. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe in standing in the soup line and the soup never ends. And this is what happened when it came to the use of the wafers. They didn't have any. And then they look in the container for the wafers that the Catholics believe is truly the body of Christ. Yep. From my four semesters of Catholicism in college and from mm-hmm. One of your main jobs, learning about Catholicism, they look inside this container that no one has touched, and supernaturally, it's full of wafers. Mm. Witnessed by many, documented carefully by people who are not in the business of lying. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why, it makes me so emotional thinking about our generous God. And of course, there's a critic, there's a guy that does 
He says a Eucharistic miracle is going to be very difficult to prove, and he doubts that it will be proven. And he has a whole podcast disproving miracles. Right. I think that's so sad. I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to do a podcast that there aren't really any miracles. What? But that's the thing is that in a world and for those of us that have been in faith, even within a day or longer, but especially we've got many years of seeing where God worked and whether you wanted to recognize that that was God working you know, I've heard pastors even say, it's like, if you can get up, get out the door with your kids, both dressed, fed, and to work on time, that's a miracle, you know? But then you start thinking about things like this happening or people getting up and walking after being in a wheelchair their whole life. And, you know, they do happen. And yes, you could put science spins, you could put, you know, any kind of explanation or, or rational being, but that's not faith. Faith is seeing that God is at work and that even if it doesn't work out the way that we would hope, it's working out the way he needs it to so that it shows his love, his power, his grace, his mercy, all those things. So I, I totally believe that, you know, one minute there's nothing and then all of a sudden an abundance of wafers. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? He loves us that lavishly. And he heals today in mm -hmm. our street ministry called Special Ops. It's been a couple of years now. A young man named Marcel was pushing his bicycle, leaning completely over, brought it up to us. And I asked him, can we touch you and pray for the healing of your back? He was leaned all the way over. It was very odd. And he said, my back kills me. It hurts all the time. I can't straighten my back. He says, yes, please pray and, and touch me while you do it. So we're praying and I could hear the spirit of the Lord just say, arise, arise. <laughs> and he popped up like a check in the box. I mm -hmm. mean, he popped up rigid straight. Mm -hmm. And we're all in, I'm like, this is a movie. Someone's filming this, what's going on? And I said, not me in big faith. What just happened? What's going on? He said, I haven't been able to stand straight. He said, I, I thank God healed me. <laughs> then we notice his eyes are red and I mean, no white in his eyes. Mm -hmm. It was scary. I'm like, what's wrong with your eyes? He said, I, they're, they scratch, they hurt me. I walk around, they drain. He said, I know it looks terrible. I'm embarrassed. Can we pray for your eyes? And Ace McKay, the white started coming back in his eyes as we were praying. And I'm not believing it. I'm not believing I'm seeing it. So a, a lady in our group says, God's healing his eyes right now. And the worship that broke out, people were lying on the ground crying. He was crying. We're holding our hands up. Changes you forever. Changes Absolutely you does. forever. And here's something too. And I had to do this after I went through a season of, you know, muck and bad choices and thinking I had heard God one way, but not really in the needing to understand what was his voice and what was mine. And when you, if you ask him, God, remind me where 
you are or where you were when I didn't recognize you. And he not only will show you that, but then when you start to see, oh, he was there, he did that, he did that. When we either thought that we were responsible for that or someone else stepped up or stepped in, then once you start to identify where those miracles had happened in your own life or someone around you, then you can start to identify and go, well, you know, this is going to be another one of those miracle moments. We'll see what God does. And then you can walk in faith forward to what's coming so that you're not losing sleep and stressing out and feeling like it's all on you. And like you just, I love watching, I love looking back and going, man, I, I missed that. But I love that he took care of me even when I didn't identify that it was him. Because now I'm looking for the miracles. I'm like, okay, where is he going to show up today? Yeah, like before I even knew him, when I was chronically depressed, when I didn't want to take another breath. Yeah. I believe mm -hmm. he was with me and he knew he was going to use me and he knew that I was going to be his for his use. Yeah. And I believe I wasn't allowed to do something that would have ended that. Right. And that sounds kind of overly dramatic, but it's true. Yeah. Look, look at the good that has come from, say, this partnership between you and me. That's a miracle. It was never meant to be, but it was and it is. And we're friends forever till the end of time and in heaven. I always joke with my husband, Wayne, that he won't have time for me in heaven because he'll be strumming guitar with John Denver on a cloud and everybody will right. be doing the golf clap. And I got <laughs> depressed because we're not married in heaven. It's I know right. that's You're silly. still together. I He's believe we still restore our memories. Yeah. But we're not married in heaven. All right. You get to still <laughs> hang out with him. That's the, that, And that's what I told Tony. I said, I like that I will be relinquished of my husbandly roles, but that we still get to spend time together. Because I said, the reason I married you is so I could spend all the time that's possible. <laughs> so I needed to just, I need that part to continue. So at least we're guaranteed <laughs> that, right? You know? Well, we spend all of our time that is possible in soft pants the post-pandemic benefit that apparently is here to stay. And the lady who coined the term soft pants on social media is rather proud that during the lockdown, her boyfriend, who's a lawyer who was always in a suit, would just wear shorts or just wear sweatpants. Right. And she coined the term, and now it is a phenomenon. People do not want to go back to wearing pants that are hard, that cut off your circulation. We want stretch. I get it. I mean, I have my favorite pair of pants. I, I, I have my Top Gun pants that say, I feel the need for speed down the leg. And cool. they, you put that with the right hoodie, and it's just like, I'm just going to nestle in right here, and I'm good. Like, that's just... <laughs> That's our go-to when we have a night where we're actually home and chilled, or it's like a Sunday afternoon after church. Like, how quickly can I get in my comfy pants? So I get it. I just don't like the idea of us going out in public like that. Like, I miss the days, like when I watch shows like Marvelous Miss Maisel, and they get dressed up just to go shopping, you know? And now people wear their soft pants, or they wear, you know, <laughs> what once— was a pair of pants, you know, and it's, it's frightening. 
They call it dress levic fashion performance suiting. And, and here's what happens. Hugo Boss has a line. Well, good luck because his hoodie is $228. Um, really? What? Wow. I can find you a hoodie that's not $228. I can go to the thrift store right now and save. Get it for two bucks. <laughs> you want to save money? You can do that with our friend to renewal, Birmingham Mortgage Group. You know, at one point I was like, forget it. I can't get in the house. We have, this is second time around for both of us. And finances are kind of going in 82 different directions. And yes, we're responsible adults, but wow, it's a lot of money to get in the house. And Turan put it all together. He made it happen. He's like the mortgage guru. He delights in finding programs for you that nobody else has found. It's really cool. And I love those stories, you know, especially when you think, okay, well, we want this house, but we don't think we can afford it. Or, you know, we, we want to be able to, you know, qualify for a certain amount. And he helps you, whether it's your first house or your refinancing, or you're looking for that dream home, he can make it happen. And to know that you've got someone who leans on the Lord to find those programs and to help families with the best of his ability, it makes such a big difference and puts you at peace as you go through the house hunting process. So Call Turin, tell him you heard about it on Roxanne and Ace Unlimited, 205-259-1656. That's 205-259-1656, or go to behammortgage.com. A great man of God who prays with everybody. He's just phenomenal, super smart and sweet. You're going to love it. Well, let's talk about the 20s, shall we, and what today's 20-something goes through. Meg Jay wrote a book called The Defining Decade, and it was about what 20-somethings experience. And I remember my daughter, Hannah, saying, Mom, this is the best book. She really gets what we go through. The mm. pressures that they have, they're told on TV that they need to be Kardashian-level rich. They're told on Instagram they should be vacationing in Sicily. They're told on TikTok they should be a girl boss. They're told that and Beyonce lyrics that everybody's quitting their job. It's pretty tough. I thought we had it rough. You know, I, I go back. I used to walk through the snow to go to school two miles. You know that yeah. today's 20 something, I think does have it rough. Well, okay. So agree to disagree a little bit on that. Cause looking back on my twenties, I was just an idiot. Okay. So I think <laughs> our twenties are, it's, it, it's, it's what she talks about being your flop era. It is that time that you can make your mistakes. You can, you know, start building relationships that will maybe one day be an open door for something that you want to do or want to go into, or you're dabbling in. And so that's the cool part. So whether you go to college or not, that's your choice. But in that, when I went, I didn't want to go. I went kicking and screaming, but through it, it allowed me to hone in on what I really wanted to do, which is this. And I've been blessed enough to have been doing it, you know, longer than I thought ever. But also think about this. If you're still living at home and, you know, you, you know that, you know, you've got a roof on your head, over your head and you've got food on the table and you've got the sanctuary within your home to be able to make all your mistakes, your 20s is the time to do it. Because by the time you're in your 30s, you want to have accomplished some sense of momentum that also allows you to be seen as, okay, I'm an adult now, I'm ready to take on the world. So I, I feel like there's a little bit more buffer in the 20-somethings because I've got a daughter in that range and another one about to hit into it. So my older girls, 
you know, are in that realm of what does the rest of their life look like? But I've told them what you're doing now doesn't have to dictate the next 40 years of your life. Do what you want to do now for a while. And if it opens a door for something that you never thought possible, let God take you through that. Now you'll pull from the experience of what you've trained in or gone to school for or whatever, but I don't know that it's necessarily harder. I think if anything, the window is bigger of how long you can be in that flop era than when I than when we were kids. I feel like we had it rough only because you had four to five to maybe six years to finish your college, and then you better have a job and a plan. Like the idea of me at a crossroads between being a full-time musician or going into broadcasting, I mean, my dad expected you better follow that career because being you know a musician traveling around in smoky bars the rest of your life is not going to be a good life. And he was right. It served me well to go the path I did, and I can still jam every once in a while. But with that said, if you're 20-something, learn all that you can from anyone and everyone and don't think you know it all, but also don't think that Sicily and Kardashian lifestyle is all that there is. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're saddled with some debt. They're waiting much later to get married. Yep. They're waiting much later to have kids. So you're right. That four or five years, I think, is stretched out a little bit. I'll give you that. Well, one of the things you may consider doing in your 20s is going into the hotel business and including pets in that. It is now all the rage. Doggy menus, plush beds, nose balm. I have no idea what nose balm is. Somebody help me pet sitting yeah. uh, almost all of the motels have some way to make your pet feel at home now this is what happens when you go to a certain hotel in mexico city there is dog beer now before you get all wound up it is made of water bone broth meat and herbs so mm -hmm. while you're poolside and you have a cocktail, your little doggy can have dog beer. Is there, is there a way that that's going too far or are you okay with that? I'm okay with it because I feel like, you know, I mean, for years, decades now, it's the whole, you know, our, our hotel is, you know, pet sensitive or, you know, no pets allowed in certain rooms or whatever, because I think there was a time when pets were just seen as dirty, filthy, you know, they poop everywhere and, you know, <laughs> don't bring them, you know. But then when I think about the expense, because we've had that, when you board your animals, oh. A, they're probably getting much better treatment than you'd get at home <laughs> anyway. So you might as well bring them with you and then decide how much you want to spoil them based on what the hotel provides. 85% so of U.S. Hilton properties are now pet friendly. And so you will have no problems when you want to hit the road with your doggy and, and boarding costs. You're right. It's like, oh, my goodness. And is this a daycare or yeah. what? It, what is I keep this? waiting to pick up Charlie one Thanksgiving and he's going to have like a tiara crown with like a cigar. <laughs> hey, what's up, Ace? How was your holiday? <laughs> like that's. Or, what you don't come get me. I'm at yeah. the spa, you know, leave me alone. Oh, How let dare me you <laughs> really quit shaking us down for optional tips. It is the latest insult to consumers. I don't know if you've noticed you'll be at a place you're buying a muffin, right? No one is bringing you the muffin. They're handing you the muffin, but 
there needs to be a tip to it that's added with a screen. And you don't get the option of not giving one. So what's happening is self-checkouts at airports, at sports stadiums, everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're not being served or not. All of a sudden, you're being, it's a shakedown for tips. And people are like, I can't afford. So what families are doing, Ace, is they're just having something delivered. And they're paying a nominal fee to do it because by the time you go out and pay all these extra fees, it's getting outrageous. Yeah. Well, and we all, our family, like we have those four or five places that are our go-to. And then when it's like a Friday or a busy night, we're like, Hey, what do we want? And we just, Hey, we haven't had this in a while. Okay, great. And you are paying the convenience fees to have it either delivered and dropped at the door, or if it's at the little drop off where you can drive by, grab it and you're out. Like I get it, but I'm at the point now in my life where I would rather pay for the convenience than to pay for the hassle of the engagement of making sure that I connected with my waiter or waitress or that, you know, they understood my order right. And, you know, and all of those things like, cause then if you order it and have it delivered or you're picking it up, then it's on you. Oh, I didn't select that on the app or I didn't tell them when I made the order, you know, and sometimes you forget those things, but that's on you. But I, I don't know. I, I, and again, I think this is where the pandemic has spoiled us. We get to that place where there are certain things where are like, yeah, I would just rather just have it brought and then I don't have to worry. Everything's in styrofoam and I can move on with my night. One thing you can do with absolute ease is go to mybrotherscup.com. Click on the Roxanne blend of coffee. It sends missionaries around the world. It's the best seller in several states now, which is absolutely thrilling for you and I to yeah. hear that. It makes me very happy because they're very particular in how this is put together. 90% of the cost of it is really doing ministry work, which is outrageously great. I keep saying, raise the price. Saying, no, 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 we don't do that. So mybrotherscup.com, the coffee's delicious. It's an obvious gift to spread the gospel when you give the gift too. So for yeah. somebody that's a coffee connoisseur. Yeah, it's yummy. And whether you drink it in the French press or you want to press it into K-cups, you know, you make your life easier uh, just by knowing that you're helping to make a difference around the world. So find out more, RoxanneandAce.com, or you can just go directly and select the Roxanne blend at MyBrothersCup.com. Because God designed you, you're stronger than you think. I want you to really think about that today. You know, my life was changed first reading Psalm 139.14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You know, a lot of people get down on themselves. They say, well, you know, I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm worthless. I don't have a future. What am I doing? You know, why do I even try? When in fact, you are God's masterpiece. Yeah. Well, we get hung up in living in our past thoughts or like I tend to do, even actually before this show, I can be overwhelmed by the things that have happened in the course of the day to think, well, I'm working hard and then this hits and this hits. But look at it from the perspective of, yes, it's an inconvenience. Yes, it's something that might be a setback from where you thought you would like to be by the end of the month or the end of the summer. But God's going to provide or you're stepping out in faith to watch him provide and see him working. So 
everything that feels like it's coming at you is really helping you to be set up for how your faith can grow through that opportunity. So before we go today, we must talk about the man who only wipes himself with flower leaves. I saw this and I'm like, what? I mean, I have to make sure that we get, you know, the toilet paper that's, you know, unscented and like, and it can't be like the generic brand. Like those, I'm constantly looking, I'm like smelling rolls of toilet paper in the aisle at Publix. Well, what, with what it costs, there is a slight temptation. I say slight. I didn't realize this. The average American spends $11,000 on toilet paper. I believe it. In a lifetime. So environmental activist Robin Greenfield got tired of it and he started wiping with, and I was like, he's not just going out in the woods and finding regular debris, is he? No, he he grows something called a blue spur flower in his Well, I mean, my wife is big on plants right now, so maybe it's something she can grow, but it, I, I'm trying to convince her of how we're planning to use it. She'd be like, nah. Ace, it's soft and it's minty fresh. It has a mint fragrance. <laughs> I can get that with Charmin's tag on it. I, I don't need I don't need to grow because what happens if you kill the plant and you're like, Whoo, I gotta go. I mean, I'm desperate. You're in trouble. And you're like <laughs> running to the neighbor's house, you know, knocking on the door. Hey, you got some toilet paper? <laughs> Who wants that awkward moment? <laughs> we appreciate you hanging out with us. Thanks as always. Make sure you subscribe, follow, and like so you don't miss future episodes. And we will see you again next Friday. Have a great weekend, Roxanne. I love you. I love you too, honey. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneandAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.